Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 49. I am recording this in Portland, Oregon, uh, but today I am going to talk a bit about my trip in Montana, which was back in June. So yes, this is the Solo Women RV podcast, uh, but as solos, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're always traveling solo. We might have friends and family come and spend time with us. And that is exactly what happened for me when I took my trip to Glacier National Park in Montana. My brother flew out from Boston, and actually this was a trip we had been planning for three years, I think. We originally had to cancel it two years ago because of COVID. And then last year, we ended up canceling the trip because my dog Olive got ill and I ended up coming off the road. So this year we finally got to make it happen. We finally got to Glacier National Park and um, it was really a great time. And so I, I wanna share a little bit about our experience there and what it was like, the uh, things we did and also how we had to pivot a little bit on our trip. So um, let me start that uh, my brother flew into Missoula and I was coming, I came through Idaho to meet him. I spent one night in Idaho on my way from Washington state and then came into Montana and spent a really nice night actually at a National Forest Service campground that is right off Highway 90. It's called the Quartz Flat Campground and I highly recommend it. If you're traveling on 90 and you're looking for a spot to spend a night or even two, it was just really pleasant. Uh, a lot like most national forest campgrounds, no hookups or anything like that, but just a really nice atmosphere, very forested. There was a river that ran right through it and it was right on the highway, but you know, that didn't bother me and Tucker loved it. She climbed trees and had a lot of fun and there wasn't a lot of people there. The hosts were super nice. So it was a great campground that I'd recommend if you are passing through on 90. My brother was flying in late and so we ended up getting an Airbnb in Missoula for his first night. And it's a good thing we did because his, even though he was coming in late, his plane was delayed like a couple more hours. I don't think he got in until like 1130 at night. So, um, but we had a nice Airbnb and I took advantage of it, got everything all charged up, got on the Wi-Fi, and did all the things um, that, you know, you know how it is when you're traveling, when you have access to good Wi-Fi and you download all the things you've been meaning to download and look up all the things and charge up all your devices. And so I did that. Um, took a nice long shower and, and just kind of hung out in the air conditioning. It was funny. Tucker loved it. She hopped on the bed and didn't get off. Um, actually, speaking of Tucker, uh, I had planned since we were going to Glacier National Park and we had planned to do a lot of hiking and I didn't know what the weather was going to be like. And 
I didn't know how cramped it would be in the van with my brother and my cat uh, because I keep her litter box underneath the passenger seat and I was a little afraid of her like getting out. So anyway, I ended up putting um, Tucker with a pet sitter in Missoula that I found on rover.com and I can just say it was a great experience for her and for me. Like I didn't have to stress out about her and the lady that was taking care of her was wonderful. I'd highly recommend her. She spoiled my cat and that's exactly what you want when you're looking for a pet sitter. So, um, something to consider if you are traveling with an animal and there's places that you might want to go where you think it might not be a great experience for your pet, look into rover.com and I actually have a referral code and I can link that in the show notes if you want to sign up to be, um, to get pet sitting or even become a pet sitter. That's also a great way to make income if you're in a one location or maybe even if you know, you're traveling rover.com can be a good way to make a little income. But more importantly for me, it was a great way for me to be able to go and do and see some things without having to worry about my cat being all alone in the van for hours and hours at a time, traveling with someone else who, you know, they were going to want to see and do a lot of things for me. If it's just me, I can plan my day around my cat, but, um, I knew my brother, this was his, you know, his big vacation and I wanted to make sure that he had the best experience that he could. So we headed out, dropped Tucker off and started our drive up towards Glacier. We had planned to spend the night before we entered the park in a harvest host close by. Um, and so on our way to the location, we stopped at two places along the way. The first was this place called um, 1000 Buddhas, Garden of a Thousand Buddhas. It was super cool. Uh, there was, it's literally like in the middle of this kind of field in Montana where there is a garden with a thousand Buddhas. I mean, basically that's what it is. It's really lovely. We had a nice time walking around there, just checking it out. And then after that, we stopped at the National Bison Range. This is in Charlotte, Montana on the Flathead Indian Reservation. This is a preserve for bison, which once roamed freely through this area. The range itself is run by the Salish and Kootenai tribes, which are on that land right now that occupy that land that are stewards to that land. And we weren't able to, there's like, I think it's like a two hour drive to go through the whole range because it's a one way loop. And we didn't feel like we had time to do that because we still had a few hours to drive, but there was a, like a one way out and back that you could take that they said took about 45 minutes. So we decided to do that. And it was awesome because we, as soon as we drove down this gravel road that they told us to go to, there were the bison. They were just right there. And there was, you know, big bison and there was little babies and they crossed the road right in front of us. And it was just super amazing to see these creatures, you know, just living where they once lived, being free, roaming and, um, 
yeah, I'd never seen bison before like that. So that was pretty, that was one of the highlights, I think, just seeing those up close. And so if you're in that area, definitely stop in, check that out. It's definitely worth a visit. Even if you don't have time to do the whole loop, you can uh, do the short out and back. And we saw a whole herd over there. So it was wonderful. So from there, we started to head up to our destination for the night, which was Columbia Falls, Montana. And we drove up along the west side of Flathead Lake. No, actually, it was the east side of the lake. Which, in my opinion, Flathead Lake is one of the most beautiful places, one of the most beautiful lakes I've ever seen. And so driving up the west side, there are, it's just like farmland and orchards. They grow cherries there. We are, this was in June. We are a little bit early for the cherries, unfortunately. But it was really a beautiful drive up along this lake. My brother was so amazed because he's from the East Coast. And any kind of body of water like that would just be filled with homes and developments. And he was quite amazed to see that there was farmland and open space and whatnot there. So we ended up driving up until we, you know, we needed to stretch our feet. And we stopped at one of the state parks that is along Flathead Lake. We actually camped in a state park on the other side of Flathead Lake on our way back. I'll talk about that in a minute. But this one was called Wayfarers, and it's just outside of Big Fork, Montana. And we just took a little walk, and it was fantastic. You just we, we hiked from the parking lot of the day use area up to this lookout over the lake. And it was, you know, you're standing on these beautiful flat rocks and you're looking out over the lake. The mountains are behind us, so you don't get a big view of the mountains from this side of the lake. But still, it was stunning with just the way the sunlight was reflecting on the water and the trees and the birds. And it was just a really, really nice stop. We hung out there for maybe an hour or so before we made our way to our harvest host for the evening, which was the White Raven Winery in Columbia Falls. And the the park, you know, where you stay itself wasn't all that amazing. You're just in the parking lot of of the winery, which a lot of times that's what you are doing when you're um, staying at a harvest host. Sometimes you're out in the country on an amazing farm and other times you're more close to town, you know, in the parking lot of a business. And that was the case here. But um, it was it was a really nice winery. They had a testing flight that I had. Uh, we got a chartreuserie board and there was live music. So that was kind of my, you know, the quintessential stop off for me is any place where there's live music and you can hang out and just listen and we drank some wine and had some cheese and it was just a really really nice stop my brother so he was traveling with me and he's not a small guy he's he's over six feet tall and he had brought a tent and had planned to stay in his tent most nights but um, if you stay at a harvest host you know that you you can't put a tent out or anything I thought maybe he would sleep in the twin bed that's across from my bed, the way my van is set up. Uh, there's like, a, you can have a twin bed on either side and then there's a, a uh, path down the middle between them. But he actually ended up sleeping on the floor. I think the bed wasn't quite long enough for him 
and um, and he was quite comfortable. He had a sleeping pad and everything. So he slept on the floor and you know we, we had a great night there. The next morning we got up and we were making our way into Glacier. Now, if you're going to Glacier, something you should know is that there is a reserved entry system. So you are timed entry. So you need a reservation to get in. Now here's where I messed up. Uh, luckily it all worked out, but, um, I had thought that the campground that we were going to was a first come first serve campground. That's because when I started researching this a year ago, it was a first come first serve campground, but this year it's res it's all reservation. And I, I knew that if you had a, a campground reservation, then you didn't need to get one of these timed entries. So at the last minute I went online and I reserved ourselves one night at the Apgar campground. And um, so we got in and everything. And then once I got into the campground, that's when I discovered it's reservation only. Uh, so we were lucky we had that one night, but then we had to try to scramble because we were planning to spend three nights in Glacier to find places to stay for the other two nights. You, we, there was no first come first serve. So, and, and there was very poor cell phone signal. So to try to get online to make a reservation was a little tricky, but we, um, so we were staying in the Apgar village. We ended up going to the visitor center where there was a weak cell phone signal and we were able to get online and make uh, two more nights reservation. The second night we stayed at a place called Sprague Creek, which was um, a beautiful campground, but a really tight spot and also not very level, uh, but we, we made it work. And um, I'll talk more about that in a minute. But um, so anyway, just a word of advice. If you're going to Glacier, get yourself a reservation. Uh, you'll need it. Um, if you're just driving through, you'll need a timed reservation. Or if you're planning to stay overnight, get yourself a camping reservation. Because the first come, first serve that I thought was going to be available was not. Um, anyway, we arrived. This was Sunday morning. Fairly early, we got to Glacier and um, decided, I was super excited that the going to the Sun Road, which is one of the major attractions in Glacier, was closed to cars at that time, which means you can ride your bike up it. So that's exactly what we decided to do. We went over, they rent bicycles there in Glacier. My brother rented a bike. I have a bike that I travel with and we, um, First thing we did is we hopped on a shuttle bus and that took us to the avalanche campground area, which was the campground itself was closed, but they drop you off and you can walk or bike up as far as what they call the loop. And it was six miles, basically straight up. I have a little folding bike and uh, it was it was, it was quite a workout. I forget what the elevation is, but you're also at a higher elevation and you gain, I think a thousand, over a thousand feet of elevation and climbing on the ride, but it was just spectacular. It was kind of a cool cloudy day. There wasn't that many people there and the ride was just wonderful. We didn't see a bear, but somebody that we encountered 
on their way down, we were on our way up, had just run into a bear on the road. So that was kind of neat to hear about. But there's just so many beautiful peaks and rivers and waterfalls. It's really like no place else. It was really beautiful. We had a great time. We took our time riding up, stopping a lot to take photos and things like that. And then, of course, you get to the top. We hung out and had a little picnic. A bunch of people were up there, stopped also. And then, of course, the ride down, which was super fun and super fast. So when we got down to the avalanche area where uh, the avalanche, not avalanches, but like that's the name of the visitor center and the um, campground is called avalanche. That's where the shuttle will take you with your bikes. And so I decided to get back on the shuttle, but my brother decided he was going to ride back to meet me at the main APGAR visitor center. And um, I don't know what he was thinking. He thought it was like a five or six mile ride it's actually 15 miles and as he was riding he ended up getting pulled over by security because the road itself is closed to bicycle traffic from i think 11 to 4 so he had to wait for the road to open back up before he could even finish the ride and so i was kind of waiting for him at the van i didn't exactly know what happened to him i you know, I knew it was a long ride, so I was just kind of waiting. But, um, you know, we didn't have any cell, good cell phone connections, so I just had to wait for him to show up back at the van. And he eventually showed back up and, and told me he didn't realize it was as far as it was. So he was kind of exhausted. At that point, we just went. We found our campground. He set up his tent and um, we made some dinner and just chilled out and had a nice night. I think I walked over to the lake, Lake McDonald, which is right near the campground, just to check it out. And uh, we watched the sunset that night and just got, you know, got into the water, just up to our knees or whatever. It was still pretty chill. So it was a little bit rainy that night my brother put his tent up it got kind of soaked he stayed dry but the tent was really soaked we had to take it down the next morning and we just ended up throwing it into the bathroom of the rv so that it could hang out there and so here's where things got a little interesting my brother his back was a little sore that morning and it was kind of rainy and so we decided instead of doing some of the hikes that we had planned and let me just say this about my brother my brother run ran the boston marathon like four or five times he's super in shape he swims all winter long in the ocean in boston with uh you know a wetsuit so he's kind of hardcore as we were planning this trip you know i was like oh my god am i going to be able to keep up with him on hikes he had picked some hikes out of a hiking book and he's like everyone i picked out is under 10 miles and i'm like 10 miles is a really long hike when you're at a high elevation, but I figured I would deal with all that when we got together. So that morning he woke up and his back was kind of hurting. So we decided instead of trying to go on a hike, we would just go for a drive. And it was great because we got to see a bear then. We uh, were driving around just the different roads that go through Glacier, the ones that were open because going to the Sun Road obviously is close to cars. But um, we had a we you know we had a good time. We just stopped and checked things out and whatnot. 
it was definitely raining. We went and found our campsite at the Sprague Creek campground. And like I said, it was a super like small tight. It's, it's, it's a good spot for tenting. Let me just say that there's, it's right on the lake. It's really beautiful. But even with our van, it was kind of a tight fit in there. Um, we, we found the site I backed in and then kind of almost right away, we decided we were going to go check out the lodge at, um, Lake McDonald. A lot of the national parks have these historic lodges that are just gorgeous. They're really, the architecture is amazing and they're really fun places to go and hang out. And it was just kind of a rainy, nasty day. So we decided that we, I want, I wanted to have dinner there anyway, cause I just enjoy having dinner in these historic national parks when we're there. So we went up to, we went to the Lake McDonald Lodge and they have a fireplace there and we were able to get a glass of wine and hang out and met a few people who were traveling through and just chatting with folks. And then we had dinner and went, went back to the campsite where I had to use my leveling blocks and whatnot in order to get us a flat spot but it was fine it, it was um, rainy again uh, my brother ended up sleeping inside the van again on the floor um, but unfortunately what happened was the next day he woke up and his back had really seized and he could barely walk so uh, we ended up making a trip to the emergency room in in Whitefish, which is a, a kind of a cute town that's close by. It was maybe like 30 minutes away or something. So he had to have an x-ray and an MRI and all this stuff. And turns out he had just like a, you know, a fluke kind of compressed nerve. Like I said, he's a big guy. And I think that literally like sitting on the airplane for eight hours without getting up and stretching and moving and whatnot um, caused him to compress a nerve in his in his lower back and he was kind of out of commission really for any kind of physical activity so we had to pivot you know what and um, but it was okay we ended up getting another airbnb this time near columbia falls and oh, it was it was a gorgeous Airbnb. It had a nice deck, and it was just really done up, super nice. And we just relaxed and had a good time there. Uh, we cooked inside. I did laundry. Um, kind of got on, you know, got on the Wi-Fi again because there it was, and uh, just had a we had a really nice night in that Airbnb. But the amount of pain my brother was in, it was pretty intense. I got to give it to him because I think if it was me, I might have been like, just get me on an airplane home. I don't know what I would have done. But um, he was in a ton of pain. And what we ended up doing was the next day just booking a campsite on Flathead Lake. So on the other side of the lake, it's called the Big Arm Campground. And it's just gorgeous. And you, we ended up getting like a site that was literally right on the river or right on the lake. We could sit on this little ledge that was on the edge of the campground and then just walk maybe three feet to the lake. And 
we both, he swam. I like got in. The water was super, super cold. And it was just nice. We just, you know, I went on a small hike. There was some hiking trails and like a little bike ride just kind of through the campground. But mostly we just sat there and we talked and there was an eagle that came and landed right next to our campsite and stayed there for a really long time. This is one of those magical camping moments where everything is this perfect weather and the it was beautiful and it was just kind of a good reminder that sometimes, you know, it's okay to just sit and be and not have to be doing, not have to be hiking and exploring and all this stuff. And we milked it. We got there as soon as we could and we we pulled out like I think checkout time was one o'clock or whatever and we pulled out like five minutes before it was time to go because we just loved it there so then it was like it was like our we had one more night left and my brother he was still in a lot of pain so he wanted to book another airbnb and he ended up booking a yurt which was outside of missoula which was still a I can't remember, over two a two hour or so drive away from where we were, and um, I was this was probably the hardest day for me, and I'm gonna admit to it. I got a little bit cranky because um, it was super windy. The highways there, the speed is 80 miles an hour, and my van just doesn't go that fast, and I was getting whipped around a little bit by the wind, and. You know, a little stressful because you can't really go the speed limit and I had to keep pulling over and then um, we were making our way to the Airbnb that my brother had booked and if you know anything about Missoula it's like once you're out like just a few miles outside of town you're kind of in the country you know and um, this Airbnb that he had booked was basically kind of up the side of a mountain like up a gravel road and very steep very rutted because of all the the rain that they had had recently and as we were driving there I started to get more and more nervous because uh as you know my van broke down in Yellowstone it was starting to kind of act up before Yellowstone and it just wasn't having the kind of oomph and power I thought it needed to going up big hills and stuff like that and so as we're driving there um, the roads are pretty sketchy pretty steep and I'm getting stressed out and I'm like where the heck is this place and it was still like six more miles up like this gravel road so my brother he called the Airbnb host and the the host was nice. He was like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll, you know, you'll go up this way and then you'll get to this turn. And then it's like a 25% grade and a steep turn to the right. And I've brought all these trailers up here. It's really fine. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, I just can't. I can't. I was done. Um, I didn't want to risk it. I didn't, you know, I was, I didn't get to have any help driving. Not that I need help driving, but he was hurt and I had to drive all the time. And I was wiped out and just didn't feel like I was ready to take on this really challenging road that was very rutted, very steep and gravel. And my van was acting up. So 
we did end up, we ended up canceling that reservation and was like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just get a motel, which, uh, getting a motel in, uh, Missoula, Montana, isn't quite as easy as it seems. I don't know if a lot of the people had compass Yellowstone and was closed at that point. If people had been diverting their trips from Yellowstone up to Missoula, but the hotels were like expensive and few and far between. So we pulled into like one place he had found. I was like, he was going to book it right online. I was like, let's drive by and look at it. And we drove by and I was like, "Mm -mm, you're not staying here. It was way too sketchy. And, and, um, you know, I had been planning to wherever he was going to stay to sleep in my van in the parking lot. And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, we're not going to do that. Um, and then we pulled into like two more places and they were all booked. And finally we got online and found a super eight motel a little bit, like kind of in the suburbs. And he got in his room and I just like laid down and was like, just conked. This was probably about seven o'clock at night now. And we were both hungry and I didn't want to prepare food in my van. And it was hot. Um, he had air conditioning in his hotel, but of course I didn't have that. So we ended up, um, going to an apple house. Like I do not, he was like trying to find a restaurant to take me out to, to make me feel better. I'm like, I am not driving. I don't want to drive anymore. There was an Applebee's like literally we could have walked there in six minutes, but he couldn't, he literally could not walk that far. It was, it was like a six minute walk and he would not have been able to make it. So we drove over to the Applebee's and hung out in the Applebee's for a while. And, and that was basically the end of our trip. The next morning I dropped him off at the airport and he went his way and I went mine. But, um, you know, I, despite the, um, him being hurt and us not being able to do a lot of the activities that we would have done, the hiking and probably some kayaking or whatnot, we had a wonderful time. It was just nice to spend a week with, my brother who, you know, I, and I don't think I've spent that much time with him since we were kids really. Um, so that part was great. And, you know, despite having like one hard day, we, we talked, you know, he's, we're very open we talked about it and, you know, I, I felt bad for, I didn't, I wasn't mad at him. I was just frustrated, you know, and I let him know that. And, Anyway, that's what happens sometimes with travel. You know, it can be it can be wonderful and amazing, and you can ride to the top of the going to the sun road, or you can be like hot and miserable and tired and not find a place to sleep for the night. That's just the matter the way it goes sometimes. Uh, but overall, I had a great trip, and overall, I am in love with Montana. I think I'm going to end the podcast here. I was going to talk a little bit about Yellowstone, but I think I'll stay that for another one because I feel like I've been going on for a while. Um, And I just want to end by saying, um, I forgot to say this at the beginning, but I am back in Portland and I am house sitting right now, but my van is all fixed. Um, I had to have some of the parts of the transmission rebuilt and my van is fixed and it seems to be running fine. I haven't driven it too far because I'm in the city right now and I actually got my car out and I'm using my car to get around, but um, I'll be taking that out this weekend to, uh, to 
basically see how well it's it's actually driving. So that's the update on Squeaky. Squeaky is fixed. She is parked and ready to hit the road. And um, but I, I am hanging out in the Pacific Northwest for a little while now. We're not we're not hit, we're hit, not heading straight back out immediately. So um, anyway, that's the podcast for this week. Let me know if you like these kind of travel stories. Uh, if if you like these or if you, I mean, I, I personally prefer the interviews, but I think sometimes it's fun to mix it up with stories like this. So let me know your thoughts. And um, until next week, I'll see you out there on the road. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.